from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. It is the G and Ursula Show. Happy Monday. Host of Cairo Nights is filling in for Ursula. Jake Scarheim is here. Good morning, Jake. Hey, hey, good morning. You having a good time so far, man? Yes. Okay, good, good. Because this 10 o'clock hour is going to get good. We got Mike Salk coming in at 1030. He interviewed Pete Carroll a bit ago. He's going to come in and tell us about that interview. Nice. What we can expect with this big national championship game with the Huskies and the Wolverines. That's going to happen. Kickoff at 445. Good morning to you, Chef, and good morning to you, Brother Nick. What's up? All right, let's get to it right now with What's New as we do at 10. What's What's New at 10? Everyone in the world has been talking about the brand new Boeing 737 MAX plane that blew out a door over Portland on Friday. In the NTSB briefing today, we learned that Alaska Airlines restricted the blowout plane from any flights over water. A cabin pressurization warning light came on during three previous flights, so Alaska restricted the plane from longer flights. Alaska Airlines maintenance workers took a look at the cause of the warning light, but they hadn't performed any work before the Friday flight. The NTSB chair told reporters that Alaska workers simply reset the warning light each time and sent the plane back into service. Jake, when you have seen the pictures and what has happened with the door blowing off, and you hear what the NTSB chair told reporters that the Alaska workers simply reset the warning light each time and sent the plane back into service, your thoughts on that, sir? I mean, that doesn't sound great. You know, I mean, when I when I think about warning lights, I think about like cars. cars. <laughs> my warning light stays. My on warning light that goes in my car. You take it in somewhere that goes. Well, it's your CO two sensor. Do you want to fix it? And you go. Yeah. Ah. I was like, how much is it to fix it? Fifteen hundred bucks. You can leave. Is it going to affect the driving? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a plane and a warning light comes on in a plane, and again, I'm not an engineer. I don't know how any of this stuff works. Mm-hmm. I'm not a mechanic on airlines. I have no idea about the aerospace industry other than my experience flying in a lot of Boeing planes. Mm-hmm. If I'm hearing that. That doesn't give me great confidence right. flying in Boeing planes. They're just turning off these warning signals because the downside is the risk reward is a lot different than my CO2 sensor on my car being out. Right. Like maybe it affects me and my car has to pull over to the side of the road or something like that. But this plane, a big chunk of the plane right. just blew off. Just in case there's someone tuning in right now, maybe you don't know what happened on this plane. I want to just take you back to Friday, this past Friday, on a 737 MAX 9 airplane. On that, what happened was a plug door blew out on this plane, and luckily, everyone was fine. Um, Everyone survived this. However, uh, no one was sitting in the row, which is row 26, when the door blew out, but a teenage boy sitting one row forward had his T-shirt ripped off his body. But I just want to be clear, just in case you're tuning in, on what happened with the story. How crazy is that? That there was no because I saw video from on the plane, and there's a bunch of TikTok videos, and crazy. people have loaded stuff up there. Crazy. Nobody sitting next to that seat. Yeah. I mean, nobody sitting in the seat right next to where it blew mm-hmm. out. And then if you look at video of the seat, that seat is like mangled up, right. and it looks like you know the backing, the padding on the back of the seat. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's just ripped off, clear down to the plastic. Right. You heard the kid sitting in the row in front of it, lost his shirt. Imagine if there had been somebody sitting there. That would have been tragic. Tragic. So, Chef, I have another angle. 
And I know you're going to say something. But here's my angle. And this is for everyone else. When is the last time, and we're talking about Boeing, founded in 1916, has been around for a long time. Wow, look at those innovative planes. Oh, wow, look, Boeing just did this. Oh, wow. When is the last time you have been wowed by Boeing? Wowed by Boeing? But yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, like. oh, my goodness, that is awesome. Oh, my goodness, think, look at what they just built. When's I, the last I think time you've been we, wowed? The, the Dreamliner is a pretty freaking cool plane. The Dreamliner is an amazing plane, but that being said, I also think we take Boeing for granted. In, in this region, and we have for a long time. You know, it was the original company here that uh, that made employment numbers work. You know, now it's moved on to tech, and Boeing's less significant. But still, this is a great local company. Gee, I was I was looking at the videos of that plane, and I was thinking to myself, uh-huh. how many of us keep our seatbelt on when we're on the plane? Oh. Yeah, I'm going to now. I know, no kidding. Oh. Great question. <laughs> Chef, yeah. I can't believe you just tapped into me. I haven't said it to anybody. Uh-huh. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of not keeping my seatbelt on. And when I saw that the other day, I didn't say I said it to myself. I better start keeping my seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Also, yeah. exit rows. Are you guys going to request them in the future? I always would request. I'd say, hey, if you got an exit row open, I want the extra six inches. Uh, I haven't seen any exit doors blow off. I've seen plug doors blow off. But I'm five foot five, so I never request that row anyways. I'm good. <laughs> Can, w- one last point before we move on, and we're going to be talking about Joe Coy here in a second. How you guys feel, going back to your point, Jake, how you guys feel about them just like the warning light and being like, ah, oh, let's just reset that. I don't like, like it. Like in my in my car? Okay, cool. A warning light coming on an airplane and like a reset button hit being hit, that just does not make me feel No indication they're connected. Honestly, <laughs> I look at this. I bet I bet warning lights go off. All the time. Probably all the time. Yeah. You, have, you, have, you have the same planes that are in service for 40, 50 years sometimes. I'm sure there's warning lights that go on all the time. You had that story earlier where you were saying that they were basically trying to ask the FAA, can we just sidestep some mm-hmm. little the some, safety regulations? Some safety regulation because our pilots know about it. They're never going to use yeah. the de-icer for more uh, than five minutes. Don't turn on the de-icer for more than five minutes because it cu- could cause the engine cowling to come off the airplane because it overheats because it's made out of carbon fiber, mm-hmm. unlike uh, metal in most planes. Reminds me of what that famous submarine from last year. The the bottom line about these planes, though, is that they are so safe, and that's the thing. Like when you asked the question a second ago about Boeing, like when was the last time you were wowed by Boeing? But then again, speaking to Andrew's point, we do take for granted how amazing it is that we can climb into this plane sure. and 400 of us can fly at 700 miles an hour sure. and get to our destination, and it's remarkably safe. Yeah. Even when a chunk of the plane flies off, mm-hmm. they still land it safely. Good point. Uh, the big difference between oh, the gold. Hold on. I got to get to right. My bad. The 81st Golden Globe Awards were held last night, hosted by Tacoma native and false high school graduate Joe Coy, who went right at Taylor Swift. I want to get your thoughts on this one. Uh, the big difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL on the Golden Globes, we have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift. I swear. There's just more to go to. Here. Sorry about that. Ugh. People were not happy. He got a lot of apologize for so, your own joke. That's so bad. I wanna, yeah. <laughs> I wanna, so I want to replay it, and I want to replay it. Is and I, don't, I need your opinion on this. Does Joe Coy not land this joke because of the joke, or does he not land the joke because of the delivery? Listen here. 
Oppenheimer is based on a 700. Oh, I didn't mean that. Uh, let's go. Let's do the skin. Here we go. Uh, the big difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL on the Golden Globes, we have fewer camera shots of Taylor Swift. I swear. There's just more to go to. Here. Sorry about that. Was I, I think you could be right. I think there's some delivery because it's not a bad line, you know, and it's also true. There's a lot of shots of Taylor Swift at any of any NFL game she's at. So that makes sense to me. I stand corrected. I think that because of his delivery, brother chef, he does not land it. And when you try to go at the big whale, I'm not I'm not saying that she's we a whale. It. We get it. We you get guys it. understand yeah. what I'm saying. Taylor Swift is the most talked about person most, in the world. In the yeah. world. Yeah. When you go after a person like that, Chef, you better hit. I, th- I think uh, I think Coy appeared small in that moment. You have to be you have to be as big as the person that you're joking about, which Ricky Gervais could get away with. He could take shots at the biggest stars in Hollywood, look them right in the eye. Coy immediately starts backing away from his own joke because he's uncomfortable making it. Uh-huh. It's like watching John Stewart interview someone who's incredibly uh, famous uh, or incredibly powerful, and he tries to ask a tough question, yeah. but he kind of starts backing away, and he's this small person. I-, I think he just didn't have the he didn't have the stones to okay. get that one through. So after that kind of bombed. Joe Coy kind of, I mean, a comedian knows when they kind of, okay, this isn't going well. I know when I tell something, uh, when I'm on stage doing stuff, not that I do comedian, but when I do um, auctioneering, when something bombs, I know it. Coy took a crack at this summer's biggest movie. Oppenheimer is based on a 721-page Pulitzer Prize-winning book about the Manhattan Project. And Barbie is on a plastic doll with big boobies. I watched Barbie. I loved it. Uh, okay. Now, uh, guys, ladies, brothers and sisters, I'm not a comedian. You don't think that's funny? When you say boobies, out. You just think that's not funny out. at all? It's juvenile. Okay. Come on now. I mean, come on. At a, you mean to tell me you're at a Golden Globes you're the host. But the joke, but the joke is, the joke is that this Oppenheimer thing, which is, have you seen Oppenheimer yet? No. It's an unbelievably detailed, like so detailed. It is like you're reading a novel. Like, have you seen Oppenheimer, Andrew? No, I've listened to the book though. Okay, I have. Yeah. I, full, full confession, I have not seen Barbie, but I did see Oppenheimer, and Oppenheimer is like. It is a little bit of homework watching the movie because there's so much science that they're covering, and you're like, you're really being asked to like track a lot of the stuff, and it's such a detailed story. Okay. So it is this like big giant thing. And the Manhattan Project was like this amazing thing that happened in science and the nuclear weapons that were developed, all these different things. And then you have Barbie, which is just a toy. Fair. And so the joke, you know, the juxtaposition of those two, I don't know. I, I found but, that, but, I thought but, that was kind of funny. But, but, but you bring in boobies. Oh, you say boobies. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the, the funny word that made people laugh. When you hear what's when, boobies, <laughs> all right. No, I mean, we're like different different strokes for different folks. I guess right. I found it. I, I think that was kind of a funny this is like line. Matthew humor, buddy. Stop saying that. It's just just like nobody nobody ever accuses me of being a super super mature person. Yeah, right. So for me, I thought that was kind of funny. Joe Coy knew he was bombing during his monologue, so I want to get your take on this, Jake. He tried to explain it. Some I wrote, some other people wrote. Robert De Niro's here. Yo, I got the gig 10 days ago. You want a perfect monologue? Yo, shut up. Okay, so this I don't like. I think it's a bad idea. Anytime you're explaining a joke, I think the joke has gone wrong. 
But he also throws his other writers under the bus, which I don't think is fair at all. Like, none of those people have the opportunity to stand on stage and take credit for what works. And so for him to say, eh, some writers wrote the bad stuff, he actually said after the fact, didn't he? In no, a Rolling yeah, Stone he, interview. No, no, no. J- t- last night, right after that, he says, yeah, the jokes that you're laughing at are the ones that I wrote. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So he threw the writers that's under ridiculous. the bus. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Also, he's taking it too seriously. That's the thing that I think is a problem. It's a big joke. The person who hosts the Golden Globes is always universally hated. Ricky Gervais, very funny guy. Every time he hosts it, I think it's hilarious. Everyone else seems to hate it every single time. All I read in the press is Ricky Gervais is not funny. Uh, Tina Fey, Amy no, he's Poehler. Hilarious. He's just not liked he, okay, by yeah. Hollywood because he gets he roasts them accurately. Because yeah. he roasts them accurately, yeah. you're right. But like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, like they hosted it. Half of the country goes, ah, I just don't like that. I don't want to leave this topic without, Chef, thank you for putting this on the notes. There was another local connection. Shout out to Mount Lake Terrace High School graduate. This is cool. uh, Lily Gladstone, who won Best Female Actor for her role in Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, That was pretty cool. I have. I'm waiting to watch that movie. It's I would good. assume you've seen it. Yeah, it's good. Okay, I can't wait. Leonardo DiCaprio's in Scorsese there. Scorsese directed yeah, it. Yeah, I can't wait. It's one of those movies where I mean, it's like it's a Scorsese movie, so it kind of says a lot about it. But she's fantastic in it. But yeah. she's local. She's from Mount Lake Terrace High School. Apparently, her boyfriend in high school. This was kind of neat. Everyone in high school, she was like voted the most likely to win an Oscar back when she graduated high oh, school. Wow. Yeah, so like all this stuff. She's probably going to go to the Oscars. She'd probably get nominated now that she won the Golden Globe. Right. And uh, I guess her boyfriend in high school gave her a gift that said, uh, wear, you know, like some little shiny pair of sunglasses or something. He said, make sure you wear these when you go to the Oscars someday. And now she's like, she just won a Golden Globe. So oh, did she wear them? Well, no, she's not yeah. the Oscars yet. So, okay. And I'm sure she won't. So here's a question. Here's a question for all of you listening right now. Did anyone from your high school ever get famous? That's the question. Any high school, neighborhood, who can you say, ah, this person was famous from my school or neighborhood? Did anyone from yours? I think not from my high school. I think from my neighborhood, the biggest uh, person that got famous was uh, my neighbor who goes by Rhyme Fest. He was with Kanye all the time. Oh, really? He wrote, he won. To he, have you ever heard the song "Jesus Walks" Heck yeah. by Kanye? Yeah, he wrote that. Did he really? And he got a Grammy for it. And he also got a uh, it's not a Grammy. I'm excuse me. Uh, uh, yeah, your, Grammy. Your, your friend wrote, wrote that song. He wrote "Jesus Walks." I love that song. Yeah, he, he, that's we, like a workout. That's in my workout we, routine. We song. grew up, and I used to make fun of him when I used to work. Out. I used I to make fun of him for beatboxing all the time. I'm like, bro, you, and he was terrible at sports. So. I used to always make fun of him for what being terrible at sports. Ha, and then nerd. Became... <laughs> <laughs> so yes, there's my there's my angle right there. Oh, y- that's great. Yours? Uh, I yeah. I went. Uh, Chris Pratt went to my high school. Oh yeah, Marvels and uh, uh, my only my only all, this, all my, the movies. My connection to Chris Pratt. I've never met the man in my life. Never ever. But he did work for an advertising company, which was door to door sales. The same company that I used to do oh, door to door sales. Yeah. So he went to my high school. He graduated the year before I got there. Yeah. So we never crossed paths or anything. But because I lived in this really tiny town yeah. and, you know, still live in this tiny town. Yeah. Um, all the jobs that were available to be worked, yeah. like all the kids worked these same jobs. So, like, I've literally worked at every place. He's worked at every place that I worked growing up. And, uh, yeah, 
Proud to be a Chef, uh, anybody Lake from your school, well. bro? Yeah, apparently uh, Jake's high school and my high school dated because Anna Ferris was a graduate hey. of Edmonds Woodway High School. They got oh, married for yeah, a short time. Exactly. Former wow. flame of Chris Pratt. Nice. Wow. Uh, Nick, world. anybody from your school, bro? Sports heavy school at Kenwood High School over in Covington. I had uh, Reese McGuire, catcher for the Red Sox. Taylor Jones, he's a player for the Giants right now. And then back in the day, Rodney Stuckey Ducky. was a guard for the Pistons. Yeah. Rodney he used to be my neighbor. Yeah. He used to be my neighbor. Okay. We got Oh, okay. Hey, so check this out. We got some uh, 253 says Ernie Con- uh, Cromwell tied in. Um, let's see. Allie in Tacoma says John Scholes, president of the Downtown Association. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. 404 says Andre 3000 went to Tri-Cities High School in East Point, Georgia. 360 went to school with Hillary Swank. Joan Bellingham went to school with uh, Jake Locker in Ferndale. 425 says Obama went to my high school. Oh, there's that. That'd be pretty cool. Man, I just want to take this time to apologize to my military school. Sorry, I never made it famous, y'all. <laughs> Because you guys voted me most likely to be famous. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> no way. Yes. And I disappointed you guys. You got time left, buddy. Oh, man. Come on. There's some folks who name drop you. Don't no, worry. No. <laughs> 50 the only, 30. The only time you drop most likely to be famous is when you become famous. <laughs> Other than that, you don't tell anybody. Well, I just did. Uh, Mike Salk is going to join us next. Two questions we have for him. What did Pete Carroll say today in the interview about what's going on with the Seahawks? And what's your thoughts on this national championship game with the Huskies and the Wolverines? We do all that next. Jake Scorheim in for Ursula. It's Jane Ursula Show. show good morning to you we got scenarios coming up next someone writes in and says she doesn't want her baby to have the same last name as her ex-husband so we'll be talking about that next but uh right now there is a huge game going on tonight kickoff 445 national championship game university of washington against the michigan wolverines down there in houston texas and who better to join us than Mike Salk from the Brock and Salk show on our sister station, the Seattle Sports Station. He joins us now. Good morning, brother. Good morning, Gene. It's good to have you. I am going to ask you about your interview with Pete Carroll. I'll do that here in a second. But right now, I want to get your thoughts on this big game that's happening at 445 here locally with the National Championship game. Well, that's certainly a good description of it. It is a huge game. I mean, this is the national championship. This is everything. And it, you know, has an opportunity to really change the entire narrative around the University of Washington, their program, their history, everything. I mean, for the last few years, the program has been down after Chris Peterson left and the problems during the Jimmy Lake era. And gee, I know you and I had some real serious conversations about it when they first hired Kalen DeBoer and it didn't look like they were really going to be serious about trying to compete and, and be at the top of the game in NCAA football. Fast forward two years 
And boy, were we ever wrong about that. I mean, they have absolutely found the right guy in Kalen DeBoer. He brought in the right guy in Michael Penix to be his quarterback. He brought in the right guy in Ryan Grubb to be his offensive coordinator. He's taken some of the pieces that were recruited by Chris Peterson, Jimmy Lake, and the rest of their crew and made them significantly better with his on-field and in-locker-room coaching. So you put all those things together, and you have an opportunity to really make history tonight. Once you win a title, you get to be immortal. No one can ever take that away from you, and that goes down in history. Pretty cool night and a huge, huge opportunity for everyone. Hey, Mike, uh, this is Jake here. Um, question for you. Do you think you, you know how good the Wolverines are, and you obviously know a lot about the Huskies as well, and I know this is a hometown audience, but can you shoot us straight and tell us what you think the outcome of tonight's game is going to be? Or do you have a prediction? Well, are you even comfortable making that prediction? No, I mean, I never do. I have no freaking idea who's going to win this game tonight, and anybody who tells you they do I think is – you know, trying to trying to fool you a little bit. What I have found in- interesting is that throughout the last couple of days, it feels like everybody I've talked to, every Husky fan I've talked to, I'm like, do you think we have a chance? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they don't believe in themselves. Well, it's so fun. I think it's just sort of a Seattle thing of just like, is it safe for me to have like be positive and, and let my guard down for a minute in case I get hurt if they don't win? And it's like, well, yeah, of course they can win this game. Are they going to win it? I don't know, but they certainly can. I mean, they've beaten everybody else they've played this year. They're undefeated. They've beaten a bunch of good teams. They were significantly better than Texas last week. And if they can find a way to kind of keep Michigan's pass rush at bay and keep Michigan from running the ball down their throats, they've got the best offense. I mean, Michael Penix is going to be the best player on the field along with Roma Dunze. They are the two best players in this game, and if they have the opportunity and they're able to do what they can do, yeah, of course the Huskies can win this game. Hope they win. They need to win to kind of help what's going on with the Seahawks not making the playoffs last mm-hmm. night. Yesterday, they finished their season with a winning season, 9-8, and eight, beating the Arizona Cardinals, but also because the Green Bay Packers won and beat the Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers will be going to the playoffs instead. So you, every Monday after the game, you talk to Pete Carroll. What was your takeaway from that interview with Pete Carroll today? Uh, he was very positive today, G. He was very optimistic about the season, about where the team is headed, about where they're going, uh, about uh, you know what the core and nucleus of this team is. Uh, he felt really, really good about it. I don't know that I entirely agreed with his assessment, but Pete did not sound down. He did not feel frustrated. He was not upset, according to him, about the cigar smoking in the locker room and said, nope, just a bunch of young guys doing their thing. And, you know, he's he believes that they are closer to winning a Super Bowl today than they were a year ago today. What, what do you disagree with specifically? Well, a lot of that, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, I, I was really disappointed with the way the team played, especially down the stretch this season. And, you know, I, I do think they have some nice pieces. They're not a bad team. They're not a bad football team. What they are to me is a team that is still kind of missing some of those big-time guys in the middle and especially on the line of scrimmage. They give up 200 yards of rushing offense again yesterday, and that's just not an acceptable way for a Pete Carroll team to compete down the stretch. So 
I think there's still a whole bunch of pieces away. I think we may see some changes, certainly personnel-wise. Um, maybe even in the coaching staff, not that Pete will be gone, but you know, other people on his coaching staff may be kind of changed out. And I think they're going to need to do some of those things in order to try to improve on a season that unfortunately didn't go as well as they needed it to. Can I ask you, so can we go back to the cigar thing for a second? For anyone who's unfamiliar with this, there's a there's like a very short, I don't know, I saw like a six-second video of a bunch of guys smoking cigars. It looks like they're celebrating the end of the season, which I understand. I mean, like you've played a hard season. Maybe you didn't make it into the playoffs, but you are celebrating the end of your time mm-hmm. with these specific guys, with these teammates. But... There was something about the visuals of that that, like, it did remind me. Do you guys remember that scene in Moneyball when Brad Pitt is, like, storming through the locker room before the A's have been successful, and they're all, like, dancing around on the tables, and they're having fun, but they're losing. And he says to them, he goes, hey, and he takes the baseball bat, and he pounds that stereo shut. Everybody just freezes in their silence. And he's like, you hear that? That's what losing sounds like. It's not fun, so why are you having fun? There was a part of that that made me think of that. I don't know if that's fair or not, but I'd be interested in your take, Mike. Let, Let me throw it back at you. How would you have felt if at the end of this Mariners season when they came, you know, one, two games short of the A's or the or the uh, Astros and the Rangers, how would you have felt if the players were smoking cigars and celebrating in that clubhouse afterwards? They weren't. And Cal Raleigh instead was on, you know, in front of the dugout talking about how angry and upset he was and how he felt like the team needed to do more. And a couple of days later, when the president of baseball operations, Jerry DePoto, said, hey, look, we won 54 percent of our games and we believe, you know, you know, the whole story about that. Yeah. People lost their mind. I'm not sure I see this as that different. I, I don't mind that the guys want to celebrate being together, but I think the image of smoking cigars in your locker room. The optics on that are very similar to what Jerry DePoto said about 54 percent. You just can't celebrate not getting to the promised land. You can't celebrate not making the playoffs when fans are angry, fans are upset, fans want and understandably demand more. And I think it should be just as true for one team in town as it is for the other. Mike Salk, you can hear Brock and Salk every single morning, 6 to 10 a.m. They're the best sports show in all of America. That's right. Mike Salk. It's going to be good tomorrow morning, too, breaking down that Husky game. Brock in Houston for the game. So lots of talks up. All right, man. Take care, brother. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Up next, in scenarios. So what are your thoughts? She writes in and says, I don't want my baby to have the last name of my ex-husband. Well, we were discussing that in scenarios. It is the GNRC Show with Jake Scorhan. Scenarios is brought to you by 1-800-DUI-AWAY. It is the G and Ursula show. Jake Scorheim is in for Ursula. Let's get to scenarios. I'm a recent divorcee and mom to a newborn. My marriage wasn't the saint. Excuse me. My marriage was rocky and my ex-husband wasn't the saint that he made himself out to be. So when he cheated, I retaliated the only way I knew how. I cheated back. Fast forward a few months. 
And I'm pregnant with the child of my affair partner, who also happens to be a close friend of mine and my husband. As you can imagine, this will be a problem, even though my husband and I have been breaking up. I got through most of it, but when my baby was born, my friend looked at the birth certificate. He saw that our baby had my last name, which is also my ex-husband's last name. You can imagine the look on his face. He immediately started thinking that the baby wasn't his, and he thinks that I got back with my ex. Well, I'm insulted by that. I assured him he was the only man I had been with since my divorce, but he demanded a DNA test, which I flat out refused. So he says I need to change my daughter's last name to his, but I don't want to do that for two reasons. First, he doesn't deserve it. He's just my uh, child's father, and we're not married. And the other is I can't stand his last name. So now I have him saying, if I don't change the name, it confirms that he's not the father and that he's out. And I'll be alone with nobody to help me raise her or pay any of the bills. I could use some advice here. 888-973-5476 is a Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line. Jake, I will just offer this real quick before you go. In order for, for in order for him to pay child support, there would be a recommendation of a DNA test anyways. But go ahead, Jake. So the the question is, should she change? There's a lot to follow in that one. There's a lot to follow. I guess the question is, she wants to know, like, should she change the kid's name? Yeah. Uh, And get child support. To get child support. Hmm? Can she get child support without changing the kid's name? Is that something that she can do? She totally can get child support without changing the kid's name. She can make the kid's name whatever she wants. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know. This sounds like kind of a tricky situation. It's one I'm glad I don't find myself in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But should she change the kid's name? I mean, if she doesn't want to, she's not going to. So I don't think she should if she doesn't want to. But it would be, I, you know, I'm hoping that she wants the kid to have their a relationship with their father. I think that would be a good thing for the child. So, you know, whether or not she changes the kid's name, I hope Mm -hmm. she has a relationship with the father. Yeah. Yeah. Chef, I got questions, first of all. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. I, I thought, like, it had to be the father's last name at the hospital, but, like, if a woman shows up to the hospital, has a child, no dude there, says no father, she can just say, make it my last name? Yep. Okay, yep. great. I think that's the way it should be. I never say this to anybody, and I've been doing scenarios for about three years. You need Jesus in your life. Oh. S- seriously, like, what is... Your husband cheats on you? So the only answer you have is to cheat on him? What are you talking about? What is wrong with people? Like, (laughs) I'm occasionally reminded how sane and normal my life is, and I'm so grateful for it. Because some people out there, their lives are just wild, and you need to get some morals in your life because you live in wrong. I think that's good advice. I think that's great advice. Before I want to, I want to push back on it a little bit. Yeah, I, I do think that sometimes we get into a place where we look at other people's lives and we're like, "What are you doing? Oh my goodness, I can't believe that happened." But I think that there is some point in your life that you did some stuff that you're just like, "What was I doing during that time?" And so I look at the situation. Though it seems I did outrageous, dumb stuff in my life. I never had a shot at appearing on Maury Povich. But it, can, okay. but, but it can easily happen, though. To you? <laughs> you no, know, just in general. In like, general, like this, to your like friends. This, like this lady, so she, she was like, hey, he cheated on me. I wanted to get back. Okay, first, 
We are in a get back society where we do that quite often. She got back and oopsie got pregnant. That's a very likely scenario that can happen. It happens all the time. I guess. <laughs> Nick, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, no, no, I was just going to say, I just to voice a little, I understand what you're saying, to voice support to what uh, Chef is saying, though. I think probably her original husband sounds like a bad dude, anybody who's cheating. I think she, like, just made the problem doubly worse by deciding that the only thing that she could do to get back at him was to cheat. If they were married, that just seems like a bad idea. And I agree with Chef. This just seems like they're taking it into like whole different levels of craziness because now she's fighting with her, the father of her child, who's not who, who who's not her soon-to-be ex-husband, yeah. a totally different guy who's just like a friend. Mm. It's just all very confusing. One of, one of, one of the things, and I, I'm always, I'm not, I don't have a quote from my dad on this one, but if there's one thing that I've learned, because I have always been a, I got to get you back. I used to have, I've always had that mentality. Oh, you get me? I'm getting you back. And my dad was said, usually the get back is usually worse on the person doing the get back than it is on person that's being gotten back at, if that makes sense. And so in this scenario, yeah, you got back at your husband for cheating. Gee, uh, there's an old saying. Yeah. uh, Getting revenge is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Yeah. Great. There you go. I like that. Nick? Well, there's another saying that goes, two wrongs don't rake a right in this case, but if they've moved on and found other relationships in their lives, they can make their own choices. Last thing you want to do, though, is bring the children in the middle of the debacle, however. Stick with the last name of the parent who's taking care of you. I think it's out of line in sight to be asking for a two-sided take on someone's last name for crying out loud. This tacky splitting hairs to me seems like it's still on a personal level. It's lingering on. Yeah, yeah. It's a rough situation, man. I like that, what you said, though, Chef. Mm. The, yeah. It's like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It, yeah. it is so true. Same thing with holding a grudge. It's yeah. good advice. Yeah. It's good advice. Yeah. I, I've, oof. I want to raise my hand and say I have been the worst in my life at holding grudges towards people. I, I have graduated to the point where I don't try to get back at people. I have not graduated from holding a grudge. <laughs> I, no, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know anybody, Jake, worse than me than holding grudges. So you, you, um, you forgive, you don't forget. Exactly. Okay. And wait, and I, I'll forgive. Or you don't forgive and you don't forget. Exactly. <laughs> okay. In my heart, but yeah. as far as me and you, we're done. Like, I can't help it. Like, yeah. You just cut them off. I, I just can't help it. Like forever. Bad. I'll admit, if you're listening right now, you're like, Gita's bad. I agree with you. Hey, uh, coming up next in the 11 o'clock hour, we got all kinds of stuff going on. Check this out. I am flip flopping on a topic when it comes to taxing sugar sales. Yes, I am doing that. Next, Gita's the show with Jake Squad.